Well, good morning, everyone, and welcome to church. I am very excited to be sharing the word of God with you this morning. And let's just pray before we get started. Father, we just thank you for your word this morning. Lord, we just pray that you will speak to each of our hearts individually. Father, I pray, Lord God, that this message will be used to draw people closer to you, Father. It will be used, Father God, to challenge, to encourage, and just for your presence, Lord, to just be upon this message and in the homes today. In Jesus' name, amen. Awesome. Well, this morning, I'm really, really excited to be sharing on a series. And so we're going to be kicking off and talking about matters of the heart. And there's going to be four different parts of this series. And I'm going to be starting today talking about a heart of love. So we're going to be talking about a heart of love, a heart that's guarded, a heart of forgiveness and a heart on fire. And so before we talk about a heart of love, I want to set the scene on why we are talking about matters of the heart. So whether we're talking physically or spiritually, we all know that the heart is important. When we're talking physically, the heart is an amazing organ. Your heart is responsible for pumping life-giving blood to 75 trillion cells in your body. And it can do so in under one minute. So today, your heart will beat approximately 100,000 times. The fact of the matter is that without your heart functioning properly, you cannot live to the fullest. A healthy heart is vital to your well-being and overall health. And I find it so interesting that when the Lord was creating our physical heart, he was also creating it to function in such a life-giving and necessary way. God also uses to, um, the heart throughout scripture to speak of our spiritual life. Just as our physical heart can diagnose our physical condition, our spiritual heart is a diagnosis of our spiritual health. So when our heart is sick, it affects every area of our life. We cannot live well without a healthy heart. And we've all probably seen it in films before. You know, when someone is completely heartbroken, or maybe it's even happened to you in real life, where you feel like you can't get out of bed, you don't want to eat, you don't want to do anything because your heart feels broken. When our hearts are poorly spiritually, it affects our spiritual life. It affects the way we love. It affects the way we give. It affects our relationships with people. And so the Bible makes it clear that our heart condition is important. There's a few verses in Proverbs that talks about the importance of keeping a good heart. So in Proverbs chapter 14, verse 13, it says, A heart at peace gives life to the body, but envy rots the bones. In Proverbs 15, 13, it says, A happy heart makes the face cheerful, but heartache crushes the spirit. And many of us know that to be true. It then says, a cheerful heart is good medicine, but a crushed spirit dries up the bones. 
So throughout these ver verses, we're hearing that a happy heart brings peace. A happy heart makes people cheerful. A cheerful heart is good medicine and is good for us. And it makes you think God's trying to get our attention and saying our hearts need to be healthy. And as we talk about matters of, matters of the heart over the next few weeks, my prayer is for you that you will desire to have a healthy spiritual heart, that you would desire to have your heart right before God so that you can live in the fullness of everything that he has for you. In Proverbs 27 verse 19, it says, as water reflects a face, so a man's heart reflects the man. And so your heart will show who you really are. Some of us might not like to hear that, but it's the reality. What's in your heart will always come out. What's in your heart will always show who you truly are. And we're going to touch on this in a few weeks, but in Proverbs chapter 423, it says, guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. So when we talk about this, it's demonstrating the critical nature and the implications of maintaining a good heart. The, idol, the idea surrounding the fact that our heart determines the course of our life is shocking to a lot of people. Most of us would say that it's our future that should determine our life. Um, our future sorry, is determined by our choices. Our future should be determined by our education or our financial circumstances or or, or coincidence even, or maybe even luck. But no, the Bible teaches us something greater. Although these things, although I don't agree with luck necessarily, but although these things may play a role in what we experience in life, the steering wheel of our life is our heart. If you've got a good heart, you want to do good things, you want to go to good places. If you've got a bad heart, you often want to do bad things. And that's why with our heart being something so valuable to us, it's important that we desire to keep it healthy. Just like our physical hearts, we'd want to keep them healthy if we knew they were sick. We'd want to keep them healthy if we knew that we had a chance of having a heart attack or a heart, a heart illness. And it should be the same with our spiritual heart. Our spiritual heart requires more than simple knowledge. Our spiritual heart needs, our to, needs us to be grateful. It needs us to pour gratitude into our heart. It needs us to be hopeful. It needs us to be forgiving and it needs us to be loving. But how do we do these things? Because the Bible tells us that all of us required a spiritual heart transplant. God had to create a new heart within every single one of us. And he was so willing to do this. You see, Jeremiah makes it very clear in chapter 17, verse 9, that we were all born with a heart disease. We were all born heart sick. He says, the heart is more deceitful than all else and is desperately sick. Who can understand it? 
Jeremiah knew through, I believe, the word of God and through looking around at this world that every man was born with a sick heart, with a desire to do evil, to do, with a desire to do things that didn't please God. But it continues to say in Jeremiah chapter 24, verse 7, I will give them a heart to know me, for I am the Lord, and they will be my people, and I will be their God. God also speaks about this heart transplant in Ezekiel, where he says, I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit within you, and I will remove the heart of stone from your flesh. The world even happily talks about it. So many people are battling issue after issue after issue. So many things, people are going through things and we begin to realise it's not our circumstance because we can have the best moments in life, yet our souls still feel tired, our hearts still feel sick. But what happened is that God sent Jesus to die for us and to create in us a healthy heart that is full of gratitude, that is full of hope, forgiveness and love. He changes the heart that has grown bitter and resentful. And instead, he changes our hearts into ones that are full with gratefulness to the Lord our God. God was fully aware that our hearts were sick. And he does something so beautiful. He heals our hearts with his love. So as we talk about a heart of love, I want you to know this morning or this afternoon, whenever you're watching this, God wants to heal your heart with his love. Your broken heart, your angry heart, your bitter heart, your cold heart, your abandoned heart can receive his love this morning. In Romans chapter 5, verse 5, it says, For we know how dearly God loves us, because he has given us the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with his love. So the Holy Spirit has been given to us that our hearts would be filled with the love of God. You see, God's heart is full of love for us. He will never stop loving you. And we hear it so often we can become familiar with it. But the love of God is not some soppy, cute fairy tale. His love is strong. His love is powerful. It has the power to break every addiction. It has the power to soften the hardest of hearts and the power to fill your heart with love too. We are called not only to love God, but to love other people. And now that we've experienced the love of God, we are meant to extend that love to others. The love of God has been poured into our hearts so that we can love others. Not hate, not judge, but love. And some of us may struggle to extend that love to other people. And it's often, once again, a heart issue. Maybe it's because we won't let God actually love us. Let God love you. Receive his forgiveness. Let his love overflow in your hearts so that it pours out to others. There's a saying that you've probably heard before. 
Hurting people hurt people. But also loved people love people. Jesus understood how much he was loved by the father so that when others were hurting him, all that came out of him was love. So many of us have been hurt before and we've guarded our hearts and we've kept our hearts so close, so closed that we struggle to love other people. Maybe you've put in your heart that you're not going to let anyone in. Maybe you've purposed in your heart that you're done, of, you're done with being hurt by people. So you've purposed in your heart that you're never going to allow anyone in to love you. But the sad thing about that is that it leads to a lonely life. And God's called us to be in community. And the one thing that will bind us together as a community is the love of God. The Bible says that we will be known for our love for one another. How amazing is that if we can get our love for one another right? And as a church, we want that to be our stance. We want to love even when it's hard. We want to love one another. We want to love each other deeply. We want our house to be filled with love and never hate. We don't want our hearts to be filled um, with judgment. We don't want to have a hard heart, but we want it to be filled with the love of God. So what does that mean? How do we do that? That means we are patient with one another. We're patient and kind to one another. Most of us know the very well-known chapter in the Bible within 1 Corinthians chapter 13. And it talks about love. And so to be loving, we've got to be patient and kind with one another. That means we, we shouldn't be jealous. We shouldn't be rude. It means that we shouldn't demand our own way. And we should not keep a record of being wronged. And how does that, how does that, how do we impl implement that into our lives? That means we don't walk around gossiping. That means you don't speak badly about other people or speak badly about your church. But you, you see, that's the problem with issues of the heart. So many of us are so used to speaking so badly about ourselves even. It comes so naturally to speak bad about others. But that's not love. We have to make a choice to choose love day in, day out. Maybe some of us in our decision to say, God, I'm going to experience your love. I'm going to receive your love, but I'm going to love others. Maybe some of us need to make a decision that we're going to go for 30 days. Set yourself a challenge, 30 days to not talk badly about one person. Could you do it? I hope so. <laughs> but we want to choose to love our church. It continues in 1 Corinthians to say that love does not rejoice about injustice, but rejoices whenever the truth wins out. Love never gives up. And this works both ways. We don't give up on people. We sort our issues out. We sort our, 
our challenges out with one another, our grievances out with one another. We choose to be, believe the best about that person and show them love. But you know, this works both ways. Love never gives up, but God never gives up. It's so important that you know that God will never give up on you. His love for you is unfailing. He never loses faith in you. He always believes the best is yet to come over your life. But this might sound impossible, but it's not. It's possible. It is possible to be loved by God and to love others. And all we have to do is put our hearts in the hand of God. Some of us this morning, we know we're tired. We're tired of being bitter, negative people. Some of us need to be held by the Lord this morning, allowing every bit of anger and bitterness to loosen its grip from our lives. You see, in Proverbs chapter 28, verse 14, it says, Blessed is the man who always fears the Lord, but he who hardens his heart falls into trouble. I believe there are people today and your heart has been hard for far too long and it feels like you've fallen into trouble. And my prayer for you this morning is that you would soften your heart, that the love of God will overflow in your life and that you will be willing for God to give you a new heart, that you'll make the trade today where you'll trade any bit of anger that has been residing in your heart. You know, it could be anger with circumstances. It could be anger with things that have happened. It could be anger with people. And you know, you might not think that it shows, but it shows. And so for you, why don't you make that trade this morning of saying, Lord, I want to trade my angry heart for your love. Some of you may be, have, may be carrying a bitter heart and for far too long you've walked around bitter about life. Bitter that things didn't work out the way you wanted them to. Bitter even with God wondering, God, why is this my life? And I want to encourage you again this morning too. Why don't you make a decision to change, exchange that bitter heart for his love and a hard heart. The sad thing about having a hard heart is not only can love not come out from it, but love can't go into it. When you have a hard heart, it's like putting up a wall in your life that says, no one gets to come past this. No one gets to get into your heart. And often that's because we've experienced hard things. Often that's because the world hasn't been kind to us. But can I encourage you this morning? There is something so pure and so beautiful about exchanging a hard heart for a loving heart heart. Let your heart be free. Let your heart be healthy. 
In, in Psalms 51, David says, create in me, O Lord, a clean heart. David understood his heart had issues. David understood that he had made a lot of mistakes like we all have. But he had a desire that said, Lord, I want a clean heart. I want a soft heart. I want a loving heart. And so my prayer for you is that all of us, as we talk about matters of the heart over the next few weeks, that you will make a decision to say, Lord, I'm starting this week off with a heart of love. I'm starting this week off with a desire to love you, Lord. Let's pray. Father, I just thank you, Lord, for your presence. I thank you for who you are, Lord. I thank you for what you've done in our hearts, Lord, and what you've done in our lives. And Father, right now, we just come before you and we hand our hearts to you. We put our hearts in your hands, Lord. And we say, Lord, create in us a clean heart. Create in us a loving heart, Father. Give us the ability to be loved by you, Lord, but give us the ability to love others. Father, I pray this morning for anyone and everyone who's been battling with hearts that have grown cold, with hearts that have grown weary. And Father, I just pray that this morning you'll just revive those hearts again and bring them back to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you so much for joining us, everyone. I really hope you enjoyed this message and it's inspired and encouraged you to check your heart and get a healthy heart. Thank you.